0: Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a returned listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at yahoo.com. That's at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. The Let this mind be in you, and Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night. And tonight we're going to be back in First Corinthians chapter eleven as we get to studying God's word. Thank you for joining me. Uh, those listening here on the podcast version, um, you're getting to um, you didn't get to hear the first introductory portion of the uh, the broadcast tonight because I forgot to turn on my recorder again. That happens, so we're just rolling with it. <laughs> And we're just going to roll with it. I'm not going to go back and try to, I'm not going to go try to go back and uh, try to strip the audio. Although, uh, yes, people did hear the music that was playing. Okay, it was playing. All right, I'll have to uh, make sure that's a copyrighted song. So I'll have to make sure I give uh, credence to that. I'll have to make sure I put that in on Facebook and YouTube. You will not hear it on the audio podcast version. So there we go. All right. Is everybody ready to begin? Am I ready to begin? I had a long day playing golf. I went to a new golf course that I haven't played. Um, I have today and tomorrow off. I went to this golf course I haven't played um, yet. I went there. It's a nice course. Um, it's a little bit. It's been a little bit wet, uh, so it was pretty difficult. I don't know if anybody cares about my golf game, but I did terrible. It, I just could not get anything going today. I'm not a professional golfer by any stretch of the imagination. My brother Aaron, that it's been on this uh, broadcast many times, is a very good golfer. No matter what he says, and uh, so, uh, but uh, he probably would have done very well today. It's a it's a nice course. It's laid out, but um, I get a chance tomorrow morning to play a very very difficult course, a very nice professional level course. I uh, got a very good deal on a um, on a. 18 holes over there. So, I'm going to go very early in the morning and uh, go get a round of golf in again. Um, it's it's as I get older, I say that, you know, I'm 40 years old now. As I get older, I actually getting me out there on the golf course and moving around, even if we're riding in a cart, you're walking around all over the place. It's just very good exercise. It's been unseasonably warm down here. Um, Sunday, I believe it's supposed to like drop another 30 degrees. 30 40 degrees something like that. That's how big the swing's going to be, but today it was almost eighty I think it was in the 80s. It was low 80s, 80, 81 down here on the Gulfport uh area. Got to go out and enjoy God's creation and uh smack a little uh ball around the golf course and I don't know, it's just fun. Something that's good, clean, wholesome fun. So Oh, I see uh, my brother Jason there, back in Mississippi. Oh, hey, well, uh, hit me up on LTMBIY at Yahoo, or I think you got my number, brother, so go ahead and uh, text me. Let me know what you got going on. Um, I think you retired, but you're back down in Mississippi. Good to hear. All right, I think we're ready to start now. So all the people that were listening to the, or watching now live and are going to watch this video later on, got to see very much a little bit more, those listening to the podcast, I didn't, uh, it wasn't very much going on, so don't worry about it, but uh, I forgot to turn on my recorder again, so that's why you're getting it, anyways, let's get into it, I've successfully killed the 10 minutes that I normally kill, and uh, hey brother Hanson, Good to see you on there, I believe from Las Vegas area. Good to see you on there. And if you've seen um, seen uh, our brother in Christ there, our fellow brother in Christ down there in uh, Las Vegas, I haven't heard from him lately, so I have to maybe reach out to him on Skype after this. Anyways, doesn't matter. All right, let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and open up your Bibles here. And uh, hopefully you have a King James Bible because that's what uh, I believe. There's, It's a very long subject, but I believe is God's inspired, preserved word for us in the English language. So uh, please turn in there so we're all reading the same thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in your King James Bible, let's start, be ye followers of me. This is Paul, of course, writing his letter to the churches there around Corinth, and he says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So once again, this is not Paul saying, follow me as a man. Paul would be the first to admit to you, he admits it in Romans chapter 7 and elsewhere, that he's the chief of sinners, he's... uh, He's. I find no good thing within me, my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. Paul is not saying to follow him. He's saying follow me as I follow Christ. As he says here, even as I also am of Christ. Now, I praise you, brethren. Now, if you remember, this entire letter up to this point has been pretty um, scour pad, so to speak. He's been kind of rubbing them. You know, he's been... Breaking off some rough edges here, Uh, addressed a lot of good many sins that were going on inside the body and so forth and so on. But he says, now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things. So he says, I'm thankful for that. I praise you for that and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. Now, this is important. boy, I might get myself in trouble today, but I'm just going to mention this. Paul starts out this letter speaking about he did not come to baptize. Now, most people—now, again, don't get mad at me. This is what the Word of God said. Most people say that baptism, water baptism after salvation, is an ordinance of the church. I don't believe so. You can disagree with me all you want, but Paul says, I did not come to, to baptize. He talks about baptism. I believe those are Jewish believers, but, and that's for a different subject for a different day. Doesn't matter. I already covered that earlier in the chapter, in the book of 1 Corinthians. But he does mention ordinances, and he does mention an ordinance within this portion of Scripture. He talks about the Lord's Supper, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. But he says, and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. So once again, I have to put a plug in here. What we do as the Church of the Living God now This time frame, this dispensation, whatever you want to call it, our doctrine, our marching orders, our ordinances, our path, what are we supposed to do? Where do we find our instructions in the Word of God for the Church of the Living God now is found in Paul's letters to the churches, okay? That's very important for you to understand. Now, We can talk about that more at another time, and I've mentioned that many, many, many times over the past couple years I've been on this channel. The point is, is that we're not to find our ordinances in the Gospels. Okay? Now, I mentioned that, and people can get upset at me all you want, but this is what the Word of God says. Let's continue on. He tells them that he praises them that they remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you, given me to you word. Does this sound familiar? But I have you know. Now he's going to give some more correction here. There's some things going on. He wants to add a little bit of correction. And, you know, this is a good way of leadership, by the way, when you have, you're about to correct something, you want to always praise first. You praise up front. Uh, My brother Jason is on here. He's a fellow Navy chief, Um, has probably heard this before. And if you heard this in type of leadership stuff, you want to praise in public. Uh, You want to always start out with the good stuff and then say, hey, look, we got to work on some other things, though, afterwards. You know, if it's always constantly negative, it's going to be, you know, people tend to tune you out. But Paul is saying, look, I praise you for doing these things. Now, here's some. Uh, adjustments I want you to make. Here it goes. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Christ is the head of the church. Christ, The head of every man, every household is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. Now, I have to tell you, don't get upset at me. Ladies, this does not mean you don't have that you're some sort of subset or you're some sort of um a not-as-superior being. You are a subgrade or something like that. No, 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 no. This is the way that has to do with accountability and who's accountable. Just like within the body of believers, pastors, elders, bishops have accountability for what goes on within that local body. They're held accountable. You know, the buck stops here, so to speak. In a home, what happens within a home God will tell me one day, I will answer, I will be held accountable for how this household was run. Okay? Did I follow the word of God? Did I lead my family as I should as a man of God? The wife is under that protection. As it says here, the head of the woman is the man. It's protection, it's covering. And now I'm gonna I said that because we're gonna get into head coverings here in a second. Paul is going to go bounce back and forth, as he often does in his letters, between a spiritual lesson and a physical representation of that lesson. And it bounces back and forth. So we have to be careful to read things in context. So that's what we're going to do. Ready? Here we go. Every man... Oh, first, I want to make a a note. If you want to read a little bit more about this, um, we've studied through this when we did Ephesians. But Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 uh, through 33 Talks about this structure of the home, and if you have any questions, husbands, about the structure within the home, go to Ephesians chapter five, verses twenty-two through thirty-three, and it's very clear. And uh, for the sake of time, we won't go over there again. We've studied through that before. Uh, please go check that out if you'd like. Um, but please look at that now. Every man, verse number four, praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Okay, what does that mean? Well, take your hat off when before you pray, or something like that, or um, I don't think that's what it's talking about here. Now, once again, in the culture of the time, this meant something. Now, when the Jews prayed, men they would cover their head, okay, with the with that with the shawl. Um, there would be head coverings that would happen and and so forth and so on. Uh, To this day, Orthodox Jews wear head coverings, uh, the the yarmulke, you know, the the head covering. But Paul is saying every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Now, this could be speaking about the physical, but I do think this is talking about with some spiritual connotation to it when it says every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Take it for what it will, but let's keep reading. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishoneth her head, for that is even all one, as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if, she be, but if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. Paul's just setting this up. Okay, This is very much setting this up. People are reading this and going, okay. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. For as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of a man. Keep reading. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Go back to the creation account. Adam's lonely. God sees that he doesn't have a mate. God causes him to have a deep sleep and takes uh, from, from the rib from his side and makes a woman. For this cause ought a woman, ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Now, keep reading. It's going to explain itself. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Now, go over to Galatians chapter 3, verses 28, and this will explain a lot of things to you. Within the body of Christ, in the Lord, there is no hierarchy. Okay. Christ is the head of the church of the living God. The church, the called out assembly from the world, the body of Christ. Everyone that is saved. Now, this isn't speaking about the universal church, and there's an argument that goes back and forth is there, you know, the the universal church versus the local church. Folks, there's a local body of believers. This is very we've talked about it numerous times. It's a microcosm of the macro sense. See my other studies for that. But it says here, you can see that in Galatians 3 and verses 28, neither the woman without the man in the Lord, for as the woman is of the man, from the rib, even so is the man also by the woman. Everybody born was born of a woman. Facts, okay? Once again, you know, I know that's not PC to say today. That's not very woke. But everybody born was born of a woman. That's what it's saying here. That's physically the way it goes. A man cannot grow a uh, a uterus. Okay. A man cannot sustain a baby. Only a woman can. Therefore, that's what it's saying. For as the woman is of the man, women were created from the man, Eve, even so is the man also by the woman. But all things of God. He created man in his image. Again, you see how this is all playing together. And Paul is leading up to what we're going to see here in just a second about this head coverings thing. Now, if you have a a conviction that you need to have head coverings, like women, when you pray, you put on a head covering, or there's certain uh, groups of individuals that will wear head coverings, uh, like uh, little... Um, they look like little doilies kind of things that are put on their heads, or there's certain like different kinds of buns, or whatever like that, or you know, they'll have like a little bit of a nest of hair up here with. It. I get it. There's a lot of different cultures, there are a lot of different things that are going on. Let's keep reading. It says, For as a woman is of the man, even so is a man also by the woman, but all things of God. Judge in yourself. Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Now, this could be, and I told you I was going to say, if this was my own opinion on some things, this could be talking about, okay, the man is the covering for the woman in the uh, structure of things. A man, a husband over a wife, a father over a daughter. Okay. Or it's speaking about her actual hair. Let's keep reading because he goes back and forth. So once again, as we look down through here, you can be confused. You can say, well, is this talking about the spiritual covering? Like the man is a covering for a woman and she can't be praying unless she's uh, covered uh, by her father or her husband or whatever. Just keep reading. Judging yourselves is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. That's pretty straightforward. Okay. What is long hair? How long is long? What constitutes long? I think that has a lot to do with culture as well. Okay. But it's beyond that. Okay. Obviously, if if you were questioning, is my hair long? I mean, it's probably long. Okay. It's a shame. It says it right here. Nature itself teaches you that. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is, giving, is given her for a covering. Now, the man could be the covering, the husband, the, the father, so forth. We can argue that all you want. But in the context of what he's talking about here, what is a woman's covering? Her hair. Does she need to wear a shawl? Does she need a, It's her hair. okay. Now, there's a lot of historical, uh, cultural things that were going on around Corinth with women that shaved their heads. um, Had to do with idol worship and um, some other things that won't be mentioned, but that's what they did, okay? So Paul's addressing this in, in, in that aspect because they know what this is going on around them, but he says a hair is given her for a covering. But if any man... Now said all that to say this. You can imagine Paul's writing this, but now he's like he comes to the matter. He shows all these different things. Nature itself teaches these things and all these other kind of stuff. But then he comes down to verse number uh, 16. And this should tie it up for us. Let's read what it says. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Now, in context, what is this talking about? Is this just talking about women having long hair or women having hair for a covering or all the, or is it talking about everything he just mentioned? I'll leave that uh, to you to decide, but in the context of everything that's going on here, if any man seem to be contentious, if there's some sort of like real just going after it, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Do with that what you like. But I choose to follow the word of God. We have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse, because of what was going on. Because of women, maybe not having their head covered, or uh, they were praying, but they didn't have a you know the the customary head covering on, and, and you know they were getting upset, and the Jewish people would get upset about that, but then. The Gentiles would say, we don't have that kind of custom. What's going on? And it was contentious things that were going on. Paul says, look, hair is a covering for the head. Should be good enough. Wearing head coverings, if that's causing a contention, shouldn't be the case because we have no such custom. Who is our covering, church? Who is our covering? Who is the head? Christ. In Christ... We have no such custom. And is that not what he just said in verse number 16? Now in verse number 17, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worse. This was causing problems. And he leads right into another issue that was going on. Let's read about it now. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Say that about a lot of bodies of believers nowadays, boy, can't you? Yes. Dad's right under cover was hair. Facts. That's what he just got done saying. So, absolutely. Does that mean men have to be bald? No. Does that mean women have to have hair down to the floor? No. If you want to, go right ahead. I'm not going to cause a contentious about it. Nature itself teaches you a lot of things. Deal with it like that, okay? Hey, I should have shorter hair than women. Women should have longer hair. Well, what if women have slightly shorter hair? Does that make them wrong? No. Are are they shaving their head intentionally? What about chemo patients? You know, should they wear a wig? Should they not? You know, all these kind of things. That's contentious things that Paul said literally. We have no such custom. Knock it off. You're, you're, you're arguing about ridiculous things. Move on to here is an important matter that's causing divisions among you, and I partly believe it, and it's this. The head covering things was just a a, a small little subset of what really Paul's getting to in this portion of the letter. For there must also or be also heresies. Verse number 19. Among you, heresies, you know, putting anything above God, you know, teaching anything that God's word doesn't say among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not going to address that. Okay, verse number 20. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Hmm. For in eating, Everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. Seems like they were coming together to have the Lord's Supper, but it was a big banquet. And it's kind of like your modern-day potluck. People would bring stuff in, but they would eat their own stuff. And those that were, you know, not as well off were hungry. And they were having this huge party, and that it, it caused a lot of contention. What verse number twenty-two? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God? Once again, the building is not the church of God; the the people are. <laughs> you're despising people. You're causing them to their shame. You know, you're having your nice big meal, and you know these other people are going hungry. Knock it off. That's not what the Lord's Supper is. What shall I say to you? Or excuse me, and, and shame them that have not. See, as it dis- describes it. Or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not. Speaking about the people being the church of God. Simple as that. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received with the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Now that should make an indication of what is an ordinance. Go back to verse number 2. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. Delivered them to you. Here's one of the things he delivered to them. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. I don't want to get into prophecy right now, but okay. Yeah, I don't want that. We'll go down a very long rabbit hole. Let's just stick with this right now. Wherefore, verse number twenty-seven: Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, I've had a discussion um, many times. Now, this is another thing: open communion, open Lord's Suppers, closed Lord's Suppers, and all these other kinds of things. Whew. Boy, that gets a lot of people on uh, contention. Okay. I don't think it needs to be so. Let's look very carefully at how you take the Lord's Supper unworthily. Okay, shall we? Verse number 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinking damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, I want to ask you a question. Some may want to answer on here. Some may just want to ponder it. Doesn't matter. Think about this. How can somebody that is covered in Christ's righteousness be a part of his body and take this bread and the cup unworthily? The answer is you cannot. When you examine yourself, Paul says, to people work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul says other things about that in his scriptures where you, you don't judge another man's salvation. How can you see the inward man? God looketh on the inward man. What seems to be happening was that people were coming in, in this big party, in the context, as he said, they, that's what they were doing, and they were eating and drinking unworthily of the Lord's Supper. Not eating somebody's, you know, casserole that they brought, but when they got to the Lord's Supper person, where they say, Hey, we're doing this in remembrance of Christ. This do ye in remembrance of me. And they were started into that. People were taking that bread and taking that wine that had no part in that. They were not of the body. That's how you take things unworthily because you're not in Christ. He is worthy. If you're in Christ, you're worthy. Now, can there be things that you have that you have to get right and you're you're, you're maybe, uh, you know, you're living in open sin, stuff like that. People want to argue all these things. Look, in the flesh, yes, I get it. But unworthily, I'm not worthy to be in the body of Christ of anything that I can do. Can't sit there and do a rosary or do enough penance and stuff like that to get into the body of Christ. He places me in his body by his blood, by the faith that he gives me even. Point is, is that for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinking damnation to himself. They were eating this, participating in these things, when they had no business doing such, because those that were doing it unworthily, they were not. Saved, They were not a part of the body of Christ. They were taking in this body, you know, the representation of the body. This isn't transubstantiation. You know, this isn't, you know, actually turning it into the body of Christ. He was crucified one time. You're not breaking him over and over and over again. You're not shedding his blood over and over and over again. The Romans didn't shed his blood anyways. He shed his own blood. Point is, he did it himself. He tore down the temple himself. He allowed those things to happen one time. We do in remembrance, by eating of this bread, we're thinking about that, and we're thinking about the blood that he shed. That's what the cup is. And they're thinking about it. Lord, thank you for doing this because because of you. Thou art worthy to be praised. So what seemed to be happening here? Damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What do you mean the Lord's body? We're part of the body of Christ. They're outside the body of Christ. That's how you do it unworthily. If you're if you want to disagree with me on that, reach out to me at LTMBIY at Yahoo.com. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. There was people uh, not saved within that body of body. You know, they were gathering together. They had no business taking part of the Lord's Supper, but they came in. Paul said there would be people that would come in that were either um, unlearned or lost. And it seems to be that the lost were coming in, saying, hey, what's this Christianity thing all about? Or, you know, what's this thing doing, uh, this, this new thing? Now, let me let me get into this. But they weren't saved. And some of them were pretty sick because of it, and some died Paul's addressing that very, very quickly, very succinctly. Okay? I hope that makes sense. Because it says, uh, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If you judge yourself, how do you do that? Am I in the body of Christ? I'm working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm not working for my salvation. I'm working it out. Am I in Christ? Yes. Yes. Why? Because of him. Hmm. I, was, I was lost. I was of a contrite heart, though. I, I came as it, with that repentant, contrite heart and knowing full well who could do something about my condition. And he quickened me. He saved me. He sealed me. He did all the work. Yes, I am in the body of Christ. That's how you work out your own salvation. That's how you judge yourself. Verse number 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Those that bring condemnation, as we just said, the damnation, the drinking damnation to themselves, the condemnation, the world is condemned already. They're already judged guilty. Shouldn't be taking part of the body of Christ. The Lord's going to do chasten, correct you on things that you're doing in this flesh. Of course, there is room for that. But you cannot, if you are in the body of Christ, take the Lord's Supper unworthily. I would say that you need to remember what it's about. As Paul said, it's not a party. It's not a, uh, a time of you know bringing in all this kind of stuff and having this huge meal and all these other kinds of things. He so said, watch out for that. But when ye are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Christ took the bruises and the and the stripes in his body. As the Lord, whom the Lord loveth, he chastens. He's going to correct you. Because you cannot live a sinless life in this flesh. Please, you know, remember who you are in Christ. Don't use this I, this knowledge for occasion to the flesh. Don't be using it because oh, I can live however I want. No. But worthy is him. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is he. That is in you. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. You're not of the world. You're of Christ. You're in His body. Therefore, you cannot take this unworthily. All right, let's finish it off. Verse thirty-three. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. Remind each other who you are in Christ. Remind each other. Oh, this is what we are in Christ. When we take this bread and this in this cup. Be reminded of who we are because of his sacrifice, because of what he did. God manifests in the flesh, we are now part of his body. That same body that was broken, that same flesh that was torn, have given us now access because of him. Mm, Man, that's good. And Paul simply says, for the practicality of it, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home. This is not a party where we're bringing in all this food, this do in remembrance of him. That ye come not together into condemnation. You're given an opportunity because you're not bringing this stuff up for people to be condemned. There's sick people among you. There's people that are dying because they're taking it unworthily. So when you come together, remind everyone what this is about. This is what Paul's saying. This is here. Remember this? Follow the things that I told you to do. This is what I told you to do. I didn't tell you to do these other things. You're doing that on your own. And because of that, lost people are getting sick and dying in your, in your midst. Remind them of what this is about. So hopefully the spirit would work on them and say, Ooh, I'm not in the body. Uh, I should take of this bread. And, ooh, I better not. Maybe we can work this out. Maybe we can talk about this a little bit more. And the rest will I set in order when I come. What rest? You know, maybe the hair covering thing, you know, like uh, the, the length of hair. I, I don't know. If they came together and had a, a, a council on how long a man's hair can be before it's considered long. I don't know. I seriously doubt it. But these things that Paul was bringing and setting to order was something that he obviously talked to them about before. And they were following it, but they were kind of adding their own little twist to it. Let's have this... Well, you know, instead of just bread and some grape juice, let's let's bring in uh, some food from home and let's just, you know, celebrate. Caused a lot of problems, didn't it? I hope that cleared it up. Now, if I didn't, if I added more confusion, I apologize, but go back and study 1 Corinthians chapter 11 for yourself and ask yourself some simple questions based upon biblical paul's writing to the church can you as somebody in the body of christ take the lord's supper unworthily my answer to you is no because your worthiness had nothing to do with it if it based upon your worthiness you would have reason to boast hey, I got to participate in all this Lord's Supper stuff because I cleared all the sin out of my life. I, I got forgiveness of all these sins right now and you know because I asked for every single one that I could remember, and I think I hit them all. So therefore, I'm worthily taking this, folks. It has nothing to do with your worthiness. It's his. I hope that makes sense to you. I hope that really gets you thinking about what the Lord's Supper really is about. It's not a time to get your sins forgiven. Unless you're not in Christ, then you need to place your faith in the one that can do something about your sin condition. And he will place you in his body so that no more, ever again, will there be condemnation. You won't have answer for sins anymore. When you take the Lord's Supper, you're reminded of who you are in Christ and mm, thank you, Lord. And That will be the reason. These saved people that were taking this and making, turning it into a party were causing other people, lost people, to be sick and to die. So Paul said, Look, uh, if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. Quit putting out a stumbling block and making people like, Oh, well, I'm eating this bread and all this kind of stuff. This is the Lord's Supper. Because of that reason, many were sick and many died. Many were asleep. So I hope that helps you out. Let's get over here to the side view here. Here we go. And see if we have any comments. I doubt we do. We'll probably wrap it up here in a few minutes. Now, like I said, my dad said cover was hair, as in the fact. But if you're custom... If your tradition or whatever and you, you feel strongly that you want to cover your head with some sort of scarf or whatever, hey, fine. Don't be trying to tell everybody else that they're wrong, though. Yeah. Oh, you're in sin because you don't wear this certain type of head covering. Hair is the covering. A woman's covering, spiritually, is the man. Christ is the head of the church. He is the covering for the church. Therefore, you can't be in the church, in the body of Christ, and take of the Lord's Supper unworthily. I really hope that makes a lot of sense to you. It's pretty black and white to me. But some may disagree, and that's fine. Oh, look at that. So Proverbs 5 just got uploaded. All right, so I have Proverbs five or four, five and six, no five, six and seven. I don't remember. I I, I recorded a bunch of different ones, but they're all getting uploaded to the channels, um, and you'll be able to see that also on the audio. Remember, I am not Alexander Scorby. I may mispronounce a word here or there, and um, I might be. Um, I I might be a little bit mistaken on how I pronounce some words or I might mess up a word and have to, like, you know, get a little dyslexic for a second or something like that. But, uh, again, the reason why I did that, for those that haven't heard, I, I'm reading through the book of Proverbs um, in in chapters. So every day that correlates with that proverb, uh, my wife, while I'm on deployment, can play that for the children. So, yes, Brother Ken. All right. So, Brother Hanson here, I was in Vegas for about a year. Brother Ken and I worked for the same trucking company, now dispatched out of Portland, Oregon. So, you're up there in Portland now. Okay. Yeah, I have to reach out to Brother Ken. I haven't talked to him in a bit. So, I pray that he's well and growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, as, as well as you, Brother Greg. I see uh, my friend Jason. Uh, last day of active duty is tomorrow. Good for you. I'm not far behind you, brother. All right. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. All right. Nobody's got any other comments. Okay then. Well, with that being said, then I thank you for joining me here and let this mind be in you on another Thursday night, the last one of 2021. Uh, pray that you come back next week, Lord willing. We'll be in First Corinthians chapter 12 and cover that. Um, some interesting things that we'll, we'll talk about in that as well. Just like every single time, the word of God is rich and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And uh, we love talking about it here on Let This Mind Be In You. So I pray that you come back next Thursday. Please tell all your friends. Uh, like, share, subscribe. That's the way that the word gets out. So please do that. If you have a Facebook page, please share on your Facebook page. I would really, really appreciate that. Um, if you're on YouTube... You know, recommend it. Uh, I don't know what how else you can do it, and uh, please look at the audio podcasting versions and check them out over there as well. So, if you're a truck driver like my brother Greg here, or brother Ken, or anybody like that, and you miss one, you can go to the audio podcast version of it and play it over your 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 um, your radio. I guess you would say as you're driving down the road. Download it to your phone, or so forth and so on. So, well, amen. Praise the Lord. I enjoy listening to you, says uh, my uh, my new friend here, Brother Greg Hanson. Thank you, sir. So, thank you for for watching. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Um, we try to just follow the Word here and study through it as simply as we possibly can. So, I always appreciate it when somebody enjoys it. All right, that's it, folks. Looks like that's it for tonight. And so I thank you for joining me here and let this mind be in you. I ask you, once again, to have the mind of Christ. If you have the mind of Christ, you're in Christ, you are uh, in the body because of his worthiness. Remember who you are. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 2, in verse number 16, it says we have the mind of Christ. The Spirit is in you. Remember it and allow it. Let this mind be in you. All right, folks. God bless you. Good night. And uh, Lord willing, I'll see you next Thursday, if not before then. Bye for now.